All right, so most of y'all know us. We are David and Holly, and we are here just to tell you a little bit about our story and our family. And the really cool thing about it is when we met with Scott and Sharon and kind of talked about things, um, I don't know, just the story and, you know, them telling their story from their perspective and, and um, you know, them coming from, uh, you know, parents who were married and growing up in Christian homes and that sort of thing. And then kind of our story growing up, both of our parents are divorced. And so kind of coming at it from that perspective and, you know, how we have um, chosen to kind of um, follow Jesus and, and um, approach our marriage from that standpoint. It was just kind of cool to see um, that and then um, this. And so, um, you know, we get up here today talking about healthy families and, you know, we certainly do not have a perfect marriage. <laughs> we certainly do not have perfect children, um, but it's really about what you do with the things when they aren't perfect and what you do with the things that are kind of handed to you that aren't perfect. And so the one song that Anastasia sang this morning, um, the rain came and the wind blew and my house was built on you. It's kind of how I view, you know, our marriage and our relationship at times. You know, we, we both came from some things that, you know, um, had maybe, um, been struggles for us in our lives and in our marriage, you know, now that we have been married, we've obviously, as all marriages do have struggles, but you know, that rain came, the wind blew, but our house is built on Jesus. And so ultimately that's, that's where you go to the feet of Jesus for any of that to prepare for being married. And then when the struggles come, when you are married. So anyway, we're just going to tell you a little bit about our story. So you guys can watch the slideshow of our kids behind. Yeah, our kids are not here today, and we feel very, like, there was this whole family up here, and now we feel very <laughs> vulnerable, just the two of us sitting up here. Yeah. You don't have to do, apply any of the concepts that we're going to talk about today if they don't fit into your, your family, but these are the things that have worked for us, so we're going to talk about that. Um, Ephesians 5:21 to 6, 4 shares the spirit-guided relationships of husbands and wives. And I'm going to use the abbreviated version that Paul used in Colossians 3. Um, Colossians 3, 18 to 21 says, Wives, submit to your husbands it's, as it's fitted, fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. Oh, okay. So just to share, like I said, a little bit of our stories, um, we both do come from divorced families. Um, I grew up in a family that was raised in a denominational church, and we went pretty much on Christmas and Easter, and that was about it. Um, so there was really no Christian influence in our lives. And so obviously then when my parents divorced, there was no Christian influence in that either. And so, um, you know, there were a lot of things that um, happened during that time that, you know, kind of um, 
shaped my perception of maybe my perception of marriage, um, shaped my perception of um, a father, shaped my perception of just these different relationships. And um, it took a lot of healing to get through that, um, those things that had happened in my life and to be prepared to then enter into a relationship um, with my husband. Um, and thankfully, um, that healing did take place before I entered into the relationship with my husband. Um, I carried things with me um, from my parents' divorce. Um, for a long time, the relationship between me and my father became very distant. So we didn't really have that strong relationship. Um, there were, um, like I said, just very broken and um, almost severed relationships um, that came out of that divorce, unfortunately. And so it took a long time. Um, but through that, even, I can see where God had his hand in it. So, um, for instance, my mom needed to get a second job to support us. Um, so she took a job as a nursery attendant at a church. And so, um, so I decided to go with her and help her. And that's where I met Jesus, was at that church. And so again, it was a messy situation. There was hurt all around me. It was a really hard time in my life. But God was positioning me throughout the whole thing. He had his hand on me throughout the whole thing. And that's not where he was going to leave me. So I went to church with my mom to help with the nursery kids. And um, um, there met a lot of friends and some, some friends that I went to high school with went there that I actually didn't know went there at the time. And so I got involved in a youth group and accepted Jesus. And so um, probably a year later or so is when my sister started coming here with Kelly Cope at the time and invited me to come here. And that's when I started coming to Abundant Life. And um, that's where I met this guy. Here. So my parents also divorced when I was in high school, uh, just about finishing high school, and um, I had, uh, through school, met a friend that was coming here, and uh, we dated through high school and when I was coming here, and I wanted to be here as often as possible. Uh, I saw something in the people of this church that I didn't see in the church where we had attended as kids and uh, wanted to be here for church on Sunday morning, church on Sunday night, uh, youth group on uh, Thursdays, church uh, classes on Wednesdays. And, my, and my, my, my dad thought it was like a cult. He thought that um, people don't go to church more than once a week. They don't uh, want to go to church. You know, it's just, you know, it's something that you do. Um, he thought that there was something wrong um, and was really concerned for my welfare, for my well-being, that I wanted to be here. So I had to really try hard to get done with all the chores and all the homework and everything I had so there was no excuses why I couldn't come to church. And I would uh, leave track meets uh, Vernice Palestine, um, uh, whatever night of the week that was, to get, you know, Thursday to get here to youth group, um, uh, come for the last 20 minutes or something, and then, you know, would go home after the track, you know, after the track meet and get home about the same time after, after I'd come to church for a while. But it was... It was a, a sticky situation 
because they didn't understand the relationship that I had encountered with Jesus and that I wanted to, to, to be at his feet and wanted to uh, seek after him rather than just being part of a, a congregation, just, wanted, you know, just being part of a, a building, a group of people that met at a building. And through that, uh, yeah, I was listening to my mom talk this week when she was introducing somebody who had, who had been in church that I prayed her into the kingdom. And you know, I, don't, I never thought about it like that. Uh, you, know, you don't think about that, um, you, your, how your prayer affects other people. But through coming uh, to Christ and, and for praying for my family, my brother showed up, my mom showed up, and other people uh, that they've brought over the years, the uh, countless people um, that, that my mom and, and, and brother have introduced to Jesus um, or other people in my family because of just being obedient and, and coming to worship Jesus as, as a senior in high school. Uh, Luke 14, 25 to 30 says, a large crowd was following Jesus and he turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father, your mother, your wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you, and they would say, there's a person who started the building and can't afford to finish it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish what you were going to say. It was um, very difficult because I really wanted to honor what my mother and father were asking me to do, like to, you know, to come to Catholic Church with them, to, uh, uh, to be part of the family um, that, that they thought was the, you know, the right, right decision at the time. And I knew that I had to seek after God because I was having a relationship with, with God here. Uh, and it wasn't particular to the place. It, it was the God that I was talking to, that I was seeking after, that I was, that I was meeting through, through reading daily and praying. Um, that I had to honor what my mother and father were asking me to do, and yet still, still seek God first. And my dad asked me to, to meet with the priest. It's, uh, fun times, um, to, you know, bef bef before I decided to not uh, continue to be a, a Catholic and a practicing Catholic and go to the church, he said, why don't you meet with the priest and, you know, go to the classes. And so I had weekly classes with a, a small group of individuals who um, were thinking about the Catholic faith and what, you know, what they wanted to do with that relationship, uh, that, that how, how, to, how to handle that. Um, and after about six weeks of that course, like the, the priest, you know, kind of, kind of outwardly, without giving me permission, said, okay, I understand what, where, where you are and that you're going to continue to go to church. So uh, I, I'll, I honor that. And through that, you know, I kind of helped my dad understand uh, you know, that this was the right place for me to be at that time. Go ahead. Yeah, so just with that scripture, it was um, something that God had put on my heart a couple different times, and actually one time was when we were having our discussion at the marriage retreat, um, was that last weekend, just last weekend, and you know, you can look at that scripture too about counting the cost, um, about, you know, your relationship with Christ and um, counting the cost with that, but Emma kind of pointed out that night too, it's kind of the same with marriage. Um, you know, 
counting the cost before you enter into a union with someone and it's kind of hard because you don't know all that it entails until you're in it but um, that's where you can glean from people who have been through it before who have um, you know marriage counseling and even just being around people you know Scott and Sharon they've been through a lot like the kids said like they can look at them and now glean from them and know you know kind of what that means to count the cost before you enter into that with another person and before you enter into marriage because literally you're saying yes to um I mean you're you're saying yes to um not being your own for the rest of your life I mean my life is not my own anymore I'm joined with him and that's that's how it's gonna stay sorry <laughs> So we met here as seniors in high school. I mean, we probably had encountered each other a few times through track meets and high school dances and stuff because we went to other different high schools. But um, we each had an independent relationship with Jesus before we met. Um, and one of the key points we're going to bring today is that healthy people make healthy couples and lead to healthy families. If we and ourselves are not healthy as people, we can't be a healthy couple and uh, we can't we can't have a healthy family and i think that's why you know like you gave all the statistics of you know why um there's such high rates of divorce and especially i think children of divorced parents you know the rates are even higher because you know if you don't have that foundation in christ and you're not healed and then you walk it from those things that have maybe happened you know from the divorce of your own parents or that you've dealt with throughout your life for whatever reason, and then you go to enter into a union with somebody, you know, that's, that's bringing, you know, all of that with you. And so the fact that we both had a relationship with Christ and had dealt with a lot of our own hurts and we had received healing and we had, um, you know, that foundation I think was extremely vital in our relationship working we did marriage counseling counseling with with uh pastor don because you know at that time we were involved in a couple of different ministries together we were teaching sunday school class um junior high fifth and sixth grade or seventh and eighth grade at the time i don't know we went through a different, bunch of different age groups and uh we were we asked pastor don one day if we could um do a couple different things uh, a sunday night ministry um where we would uh, serve food after the Sunday night service so that, um, you know, people could have some fellowship time after, after Sunday night service. And, and Holly and uh, Lori, uh, Lori Crowell, Lori Ashley were um, big components of, of starting that. And then we also did a Friday night um, open gym. Um, and we asked Pastor Don, I said, hey, is it okay with you if, if just the two of us, you know, unmarried uh, are okay with starting a, a, you know, a Friday night um, ministry together you know we invite kids in to have like a you know an open gym on and he he was kind of snickering holly tells the story better but he knew that we were uh you know that we were courting that we were interested i think in, he in knew the, there was something more to it than just wanting to be involved in an open gym i think <laughs> i think he knew it wasn't going to hurt our feelings if we spent a little extra time together but <laughs> but he he told us through marriage counseling and um pastor mark had to ask pauline the exact way that he would say it because we couldn't remember but that each person has to be 100% in a marriage. It can't be 
your 50% and my 50% come together to make 100% in a marriage that your 100% plus my 100% makes 100% in a marriage. And um, there were there were things that we would talk about in counseling that, you know, like we had this, we knew we had the same life goals. We had, we didn't have disagreements about how to spend or what kind of church to attend or, you know, anything about children or what we were going to do in, in, in marriage. But we, we were already involved here in, in a body and in, in ministry together. So it was an easy relationship to, um, to, to men, uh, to meld together. We talked about division of labor. Um, you know, in the household, who's who's going to do the laundry? Who's going to take out the trash? Who's going to do the dishes? Who's going to cook? And uh, and it sounded silly because these are things that Pastor Jeff or Pastor Jeff, sorry, Pastor Don went over with us during marriage counseling. And you're sitting there and you're like, this isn't going to be a big deal. This isn't going to cause fights. This how could this like take down a marriage? Like taking out the trash, and then you get married and you're like seething because your husband didn't take out the trash or like do it you know what I mean and these are the important things like it really is and so you know going through those little things that might seem insignificant at the time but when you get into marriage you know one or two years and then 15 16 years and then you know 20 years down the road I mean it is those practical things sometimes that are going to make the difference between Between us. And we decided what works for us yeah. is to split a lot of those things. We, yeah. um, there's very few things that are just just mine or just yours. But of those things, then the other things we split. Like we we each cook, and we each clean up, and we each um, you know make sure that uh, the kids are are getting things done that they have to do. So it's not just on one person. But that works for us. There's times Holly wants to mow the grass and help out with outdoor stuff, but usually, I mean, like, I know, I know that that's, that's, Listen, my, that's my job. I would much rather mow the grass than do laundry. I don't do laundry. He does laundry. But I will go hop on the mower and mow the grass and be completely content with it. So it works. But we talked about keeping the books. Um, Pastor Don was very, uh, very adamant that, you know, one person had to be in charge of the checkbook for, that, for the household. I know most of you probably don't even care about a checkbook anymore in 2020. 23, but um, keeping track of your money. And we share, like, there's there times in our relationship when I, she would have more time that she would do it. And then there'd be other times, like, and, and she'd look at it and she'd go, geez, you haven't kept this checkbook oh, correct so for a long time. But, and then I would take it back over and it's, it's worked for us. But as long as, but we have all of our money together and it works for us to keep everything in, 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 uh, in one place, really. Um, it's just one more aspect of our marriage that was together. It was one more thing that we were joined together on, and that's what's worked for us because there was no division in that area either. It was just all, all together. We knew from the beginning, from talking to him in our counseling, that divorce was never an option. So we never even uh, had discussions about, you know, like what, what would happen if we got divorced or what we'd do because we, we just have always plan from the beginning that divorce isn't an option for our for our marriage and it and it took um, you know obviously you know coming from divorced families we don't want that to happen we don't want to see that in our, in our relationship or in our kids relationship so we've been you know we've been cognizant to pray for that for those things um, uh, go ahead. Raise, raising children in the church uh, was an important concept to us we knew that we couldn't 
bring our kids to church and then just, you know, like leave them places. We, we thought we, we want to make sure that we're involved in the ministries with them. So we, uh, when we saw, you know, like that there was a niche unfulfilled for our kids, we'd help out in the nursery or we'd, we started a two and three year old class at the time when our kids were at that age, because we wanted to have a place for them to go with her. And I'm, uh, and you see that in other families in the church, you know, when you see a need, you fulfill it. And it was important to us to make sure that, you know, we helped out with other people's other kids and, and whatever else we could do to support other health, other families to be healthy too. Uh, when our kids were little, um, we, we made sure that, uh, however it worked for, for income, because we, you know, we both worked, uh, we both are, have professional jobs and, um, we decided that it, it made sense at the time for Holly to work part-time and to be home with our kids so that we were always home with them. When I got home from work, she would go to work um, a couple of days a week, you know, however that would work, so that there would always be one of us home with the kids. And there was like a couple hour overlap every once in a while. We'd have to have a family from church would come um, be with our kids. And uh, the, the stories would come from that were interesting too. But, <laughs> but it worked really well for us, for one of us to be home with our kids all the time. I can't, can't stress how much you know, we thought that that was important to us. And back to raising the kids in church, um, I don't know. I think we brought them with us. Whatever we had to do, whatever ministry we were doing, there came our kids. And whether people liked it or not, like our kids were coming, like we were just going to have them here. And that has resulted in them growing up here. And this is like their home. Like they are so comfortable here. They know people here. They interact here they know what it is to worship and minister and just be a part of this church body and so that was like um just never a question for us either it wasn't like um i don't know we just we didn't choose to um to ever stop doing anything that we were doing here as a ministry um because of kids and maybe that sounds awful but <laughs> but that's what worked for us and and as a result they're used to it I mean they come they're a part of it they're you know like I said this is their home this is where they've grown up so anyway go ahead yeah so they know how to behave and they know what's expected of them in here at school at home we've given them um, specific limits and direction on what what to do when you're each place um, so that you know they have a clear understanding and i think that it works best for children to have a clear understanding of what their expectations are we've given them limits um you know just the things i'm thinking about now where they are on screen time uh it it works for us we tell them one one hour a day during the during the school week and two hours a day on the weekends do they do they always hold exactly to that specific minute probably not but but we they know what the limits are they know what's expected so we ask them you know, like, have you, have you been on, on video games for an hour? Okay, turn it off. Let's find something else to do. Uh, we get on limits on, like, sports and activities, what's allowed, uh, how many they can be involved with at a time, because we've gotten overscheduled, and it's not. And, and once we see that, we have, to, we have to back up. We have to say, look, if, if it's cutting into your time to be able to spend time with friends and it's cutting into your time to be able to um, be involved in, in church, then it's too much, so you have to cut back. And uh, they're all good things, what they're doing, you know, being around friends and being around other groups in, in, in the community. It, 
they're good things in and of themselves, but if you're just if you're doing too much, then it's not healthy for for their lives. So, um, what's allowed in their bedroom? It, it it doesn't work for us to let them have electronics in their bedroom and to uh, you know have have that kind of stuff going on because we don't want that to um, carry over. We want want to spend time in in the bedroom with reading and sleeping, obviously. But you know it's it's. Um, clear expectations of what to do like when you get when you wind down and go to bed our kids were raised on reading for 20 minutes before they go to sleep so uh, we'll read the Bible and we'll um, they can pick something else to read if, after they get done with that but uh, we've also encouraged them to shine the light where they are uh, being wherever you are and what whatever environment you are with you know with the grocery store with public school with after school events we think you should be there to shine the light. So situations are going to come up where it, kids aren't going to be friendly with you. Um, such your coworkers, because Grady started working, your coworkers aren't going to be friendly with you. And you're, going to, you're there to shine the light of Jesus. And you're going to have to be bigger than other people. And you're going to have to understand how to react to them without arguing, without um, being like the world. So it's, it's important to us just to make sure that that they're that they're showing Jesus everywhere they go. Um, but kids don't make the rules; we make the rules. So if if they don't like it, we we tell them, "Sorry, that's that's the way it is." Um, just they, their brains aren't wired to make the decisions that are appropriate for them at that at that point in life. So we're going to make the decisions for them. And it's funny we were talking about this, and we were writing notes down with Scott and Sharon that the only the only secular music our kids caught. Uh, growing up was from Just Dance. You guys know the video game where you, you know, <laughs> dance in front of the TV. Um, we played a lot, and I've got mad skills in Just Dance. Uh, I'm sure that neighbors watch me through the windows and, and take video because it's pretty funny. But, I, you know, we listen to Christian music at home. We, we listen to, uh, to worship music, and we sing it, and the kids play it on the piano. They do piano lessons uh, with, with Mark, and uh, they practice Christian music so they can uh, do something effective with it, you know, so that they can play something um, and hopefully be able to play at church and, and, and lead, lead people in worship. We pray at our meals. We pray before bedtime, um, before our car trips. We, whenever we get a prayer request at home, we, we try to, like something that we've changed over the last couple of years is just praying when people ask us to. So if someone asks us to pray, just do it then so we don't, we don't wait, you know. And then um, I already hit on, on reading, but uh, reading is an important part of my life because I teach elementary school. And uh, statistically, if you read to a child for 20 minutes a day before, before kindergarten, they'll be, they'll be prepared for school. Um, less than, it's, it's less than 50% of families in our country uh, read more than one to two books to their kid during a week. And it's an important part of, of our kids' upbringing. If, if, if you know somebody who has young children, just to stress that to them. If you read four books to your kid a day, that's 1.4 million words that they will hear before kindergarten. And they will, they, they will show accelerated growth in, in elementary school and throughout life. Uh, it's just an important thing to read anything to them. But, I mean, the Word of God is, is something that we, we started reading to our kids at a very, very early age. They had their own Bibles, and we'd, we'd take turns reading with them. And... Uh, after, you know, if they wanted to read something else, we'd read something else too, but it, we made sure to do that at least every night. That's you. 
Oh, that's me. That's me. Well, I guess just to sum that part up, I mean, I guess the whole goal is, you know, growing up in a non-Christian home, growing up never being exposed really to the Word of God. I mean, I didn't have a Bible uh, growing up. I didn't have any of that. Like I said, we rarely went to church. Um, you know, I guess we're just doing the best that we can to try to make sure that our kids are equipped and make sure that our kids have the tools that they need to, you know, like he said, be the light and shine the light wherever they go. And so, you know, again, not that we're doing everything perfect, not that we have perfect kids, not you guys have been around our kids, you know, our kids, they're not perfect all the time. And, you know, we don't, we don't do everything perfect, but, you know, I guess our goal is to just try to make sure that we, um, are being an example to them and, and providing them with everything that we can to be successful. Um, so then the relational part of marriage. Um, again, do we have the perfect marriage? No, we certainly don't have the perfect marriage. Um, we, like any other couple, have had, um, you know, rough patches or um, times when we have forgotten to be each other's priority. Um, you know, you do get so focused on the kids, you get so focused on being parents and meeting their needs that sometimes um, sometimes it's easy to forget about each other's needs. And so God has talked to us um, recently about the need to kind of realign and refocus and prioritizing each other's needs because as much as those other things that we just went through, you know, can um, help produce healthy and equipped children, the biggest thing I think that they could see is their parents being in a loving, respectful, kind, caring relationship and seeing their parents prioritize each other. I think probably above any of those other things, um, that's maybe the most important thing that we could ever do for them. So we just started about five weeks ago um, a marriage class called Stronger Together. And through us starting this course, um, we're going to open this up to the rest of the church beginning April 16th. So here's a brief description. Partners in a marriage can have trouble with trust and honest communication and feel emotional, physical, and spiritual disconnect. But with the right guidance and tools, it's possible to heal and experience the deep connection and intimacy that every marriage deserves. So in three weeks, April 16th, we are encouraging all of you who are in a marriage to start this class with us. And it's a five-week course that you can do in your own time um, with your spouse to go through those trouble spots of trust and communication, of emotional, physical, and spiritual disconnect, and work through some situations and get to talk and become a healthier couple so that your family can be healthier. Um, so 
there'll be a sign-up sheet beginning tomorrow, and we just encourage you guys to uh, to tell other people about this course that we're taking, and uh, hopefully you you will be uh, spokespeople for us to to go out and encourage other people here in the, in the church to to sign up for this class and do this with your spouse too. Yeah. Um... You know, it's something that you might not even think, oh, I have a problem in my marriage or, you know, it might not be anything that sure. you, um, you know, there there doesn't have to be a problem to want to make something stronger or better. Um, so it's really something that is just a tool to, again, keep that focus on that marriage relationship and that, you know, husband and wife relationship, because ultimately that's going to trickle down to your kids. That's going to be, you know, if if things aren't right between the husband and wife, then, you know, again, that's going to affect the children. And then, you know, any ministries that you're doing as well, like, you know, this has to be right <laughs> first. And so um, it's just really been an awesome experience to kind of go through this and to just get some little reminders about what we need to do to strengthen this and it's an ongoing thing and I guess that's what is kind of you know we've been married hmm, 16 years yeah 16 years <laughs> wow I mean and and you know there's ebbs and flows there's different focuses there's different things that come up during you know there's there's different seasons that you kind of go through you know busy seasons and this and that and sometimes busyness is just the worst thing for your marriage because you forget to just take that time for you and your spouse and really connect on multiple levels. And so um, I just, I don't know, I can't say enough about this experience. Again, like Scott and Sharon said, like even preparing for this and sitting down and talking about our relationship and talking about, you know, okay, healthy family, like how have we done what we've done to try to, you know, um, grow a healthy family and really kind of dig into that and what that has looked like in our lives. And then going through this course too, and kind of digging into our relationship and where we can make things better and, and what we can do to pour into each other and really, you know, um, meet each other's needs better, um, has really just been amazing. So, um, I hope that you all get just even a little bit of what we've kind of gotten from doing doing this and it's for all ages this is some this class is for anybody who's been married for six weeks to 60 some years so you know yeah. i don't think anybody made it to 70 years in here so if, uh, yeah but we encourage all of you to try this uh so in review you don't have to have perfect children you don't have to have a perfect marriage it's about what you do when things aren't perfect. Healthy people make healthy couples and lead to healthy families. It's important that we are healthy people as individuals first. Your relationship with God comes before your relationship with your spouse and your kids. Set healthy boundaries for your children. Eat together, pray together, read the Bible together. That's all we got. Thank you. Any questions? Anything? Anybody have anything? anything?